Good morning, everyone. You're very welcome here this morning to join us if you're here in person. And for those gathering online with us as well still, uh, you are very welcome. Uh, I hope it's been a good week for all of you. It's been a busy week in our house. We've been potty training this week. Uh, those, those sitting near us in the surrounding rows may get wet. Um, but it's mostly been a successful week. Uh, but no matter how we come here this morning, we gather together uh, under God's word, reminded from his scripture, that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. As we begin our, our worship this morning, we gather uh, our thoughts and our prayers for the collect for the day. Let's pray together. Creator God, who in the beginning commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, we pray that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ may dispel the darkness of ignorance and unbelief, shine into the hearts of all your people, and reveal the knowledge of your glory in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You'll find it on page... 1,159 of the Bibles. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as, is, as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in compassion with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only, Christ, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Thank you, David. Um, just to say, there is a wee list at the back where uh, opportunities to come and to read the scriptures um, during the services there. You want to put your name on that. Maybe you've done it in the past and you'd like to do it again. Maybe you've never done it, you'd like to give it a go. Um, you can chat to me about that uh, if you want. Um, or indeed, if you're not comfortable even coming up to the lectern and doing it, we can pre-record that um, and it can be played on the screen. So please do um, pick that up, um, run with that, um, and see if that's something that uh, you could be involved in here um, on our Sunday. Um, so we continue this series of strength in weakness, looking through the book of um, 2 Corinthians. And we've already heard that whether we like it or not, we're in a relationship with people. And we're in constant relationships with other people. Some of those relationships we see as positive, maybe some are negative. But we, even the relationship that we have as we, we go to the co-op and we buy, and we, put, we draw milk or a bit of bread, we're in, we in a relationship with the people in that store to some level. So we have different levels of relationships, but we're always encouraged that we keep our eyes looking up and ready to receive from the Lord. So, in the midst of those come those relationships, whether they're good or bad, or whether they're difficult or strained, we cast our eyes upward. And whenever we cast our eyes upward, we see things with a different perspective. Last week we heard that we can be attractive to others. That we there's a purity. We're called to be pure in Christ, and um, that we're to we're to ensure that we keep that purity um, as our first love uh, and move forward with that. Today's title is called Competent to Minister. Um, and it's a weird phrase, competent to minister. We're going to explore what that means, obviously, as we go through today. Um, and sometimes, actually, well, we'll, we'll come to that bit uh, later on. Um, but, what, but what does that mean? Um, well, in the Church of Ireland, we often think uh, for somebody to minister, they have to wear a dog collar. So that really means that the two people who minister or me and Gareth, or Gareth and I, whatever way is correct grammatically to say that. Yes, we can then say that Frank's a parish reader, so Frank's licensed to minister. Then where do we go with that? Well, Graham's talented at the piano. Did you not, did you not realize you were talented at the piano? All right, well, there's news to you today, Graham. So is Graham competent to minister in that way? Is David competent to minister as he reads the scriptures to us? Are the people on the AV team competent to minister to ensure that everything goes without fault? What about the people who are out with our children today? What about you who are sitting here and have many other different roles and many different aspects of parish life? Are you competent to minister? Or is it just those who you see at the front? Biblically, ministry is a priesthood of all believers. Each one of us is gifted in a certain way and we're called to minister to each other and to those around us. So let's just pray with that thought in our head as we dig into this passage together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to break open your word, to declare it publicly, um, and to begin to wrestle with it and to understand what this passage might mean for us today in this place, as individuals and corporately as a body of believers. May it be your word and not my words, we pray in your name. Amen. As I kind of processed or thought about where we would start with this today, a little verse um, from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, um, the words of Jesus came into my mind. Where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We often think where our hearts are, that's where our treasure is. The things that we love becomes our treasure. But actually what Jesus is saying, he turns that upside down, and what he says is, the things that you long for, the things that you treasure, the things that you hold as precious, that's the place that your heart will ultimately rest. Those are the things that you'll become passionate about, and those are the things that will encompass your life. Those are the things that will keep you awake at night. Those are the things that you'll strive to do better in. So I suppose as we start this passage about competent to minister today, the question is this, where is your treasure? What is your treasure? Preachers included, obviously, as he asks that question. Because what I treasure will be what my heart chases after. Just the same. If you want to follow this passage, and we're going to encourage us to do this, we've got the Pew Bibles back out again. It's page 100, 1159. It's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 3. Um, and Paul's beginning to say this in verses 1 through to 3. It says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or for, from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you're a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. A bit like what we talked about in our kids' address today. It's not our outward appearance that necessarily identifies who we are. It's often in our words and in our actions and in how we live out our lives that identifies us as followers of Jesus. The Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, written not with ink, but the Spirit of the living God. And whenever we treasure the Spirit of the living God, our heart chases after Him. And when our heart chases after the Spirit of the living God, things begin to shift and change in our lives. What we focus on, what we treasure, what we hold close, what we believe, how we interact, how we live out our lives, how we spend our money, all those things begin to shift because our eyes are up and our focus is lifted heavenward. And whenever we focus on the Spirit of the living God, Whenever the Spirit of the living God become, begins to become our treasure, whenever our hearts begin to chase after Him, then there's a new confidence is found in us. A confidence that shifts something within us and it begins to say, it's not all about me. <laughs> it's not all about James Boyd. It's not all about you. But it is all about Him. And it's in that shift of confidence that we begin to realize that we can do things that we never expected we could do. It cannot, should not, and must not be about you or me. Verse 4 says, Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. 
My confidence not come in my strength. My confidence to stand in front of you Sunday by Sunday to lead or to preach or to pray or to do whatever it is. My confidence to walk into your home, uh, to walk alongside you and journey through some of the darkest days of your life. The confidence to do that is not in my strength. Because actually in each and every one of those moments, and even now, it's as if I'm a duck. I may look calm and composed as I stand here and talk to you, but these wee legs are paddling frantically inside. My heart is beating like never before. And I am constantly, even as I speak, at the back of my head praying, Lord, let this be of you. Lord, give me the strength to find the next few words. My confidence, my strength has to reside in him because the day that I stand in front of you and decide that it's my confidence that I have the ability to do this and I don't need to know anything else is the day you probably tell me I need to go away. But in the weakness that I find in this moment I find power from the risen Christ. Nobody says, he's going to say that later on. Well, look at this first in a few weeks' time. My power is made perfect in your weakness, the Apostle Paul declares. As I said before, we're encouraging us um, to pick up the Bible, the Pew Bible, and to read it along as we go, not only as it's being read, but maybe as we do this um, as well. And as I was preparing for today, I, I looked around and I thought, I wonder what page it's going to be on. I could write that down in my notes. Um, sort of got the page number to tell people to turn to. And I saw this Bible setting and I thought, ah, that's it. I must have brought that home from church at one stage. And then I opened it um, and I realized there's a few marks inside it. And I thought, well, somebody's been a bit bored through some of those sermons. Uh, probably during somebody else's time. Um, but then I realized that it's not, I didn't pinch it from here. Um, I turned to the front page and I got it um, presented to James Boyd I note, first prize, um, Sunday school in my home church of St. Saviour's. Um, and as I looked at that, I had pinned a little note inside the front cover. And here's what it says, as I was reflecting on these points about strength in weakness. God has created me to do him some definitive service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. Somehow I am necessary for his purpose, as necessary in my place as an archangel in his. I have a part in this great work. I'm a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for nothing. I shall do good. I shall do his work. I shall be an angel of peace, a preacher of truth in my own place, designed to fulfill our high purpose in me. I am here to serve you and to be yours, to be your instrument. I'd completely forgotten that someone had given that to me as a teenager. And it's spoken over me as a teenager that one day I would be in ministry. But as I've shared with you before, as a teenager I was shy and retiring and that psychologist described me as someone who is a learned extrovert. 
And so the shy, retiring teenager, the one who wanted to shrink away, and who definitely did not have any sense of confidence to stand before two, never mind a group like this. Being reached out little notes, felt it important to pin it in the front of his Bible and by the Spirit of the living God to be reminded of it as we prepare for today, encouraging each of us to be competent in what God calls us to minister in and through. Because this is not the old versus the new. You see, in verses 7 through 11, it talks about an old covenant and a new covenant. It talks about the old way of the Old Testament, but that Christ having ushered in a new way in the New Testament. And the new way brings freedom and life and vitality because Jesus is present with us. The old way is indeed and was God's way for his people in those days. But Jesus' life, death, and resurrection ushers in a new way. As we heard last week, that's whenever our yes is yes, our no is no, and our yes in Christ becomes a glorious amen. So who can minister? We all can. We all should. We all must. See, verse 12 says, Therefore, since we have a hope, we are very bold. Since we have a hope, we are very bold. That's not boldness as in, you know, the four-year-old who's bold with a tantrum and needs to be put on some kind of naughty step or sent for time out or any of those kind of things. That's a boldness that says, I believe you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. And I'm stepping out for you. I don't know what that's going to look like. I have no idea how that's going to plan out. But I'm going to step out for you. Because we are not like Moses, verse 13, Paul, Paul says, who would put a fail over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were dull. For to this day, the same fail remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed but only in Christ it is taken away. Even to this day, when Moses has read, a fail covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the fail is taken away. That, that's Paul referencing back that moment where Moses came down off Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments, having spent time with God, and his face was so radiant, so shiny, that no one could look upon it. And so he put a fail over it to disguise it and to hide it. Paul's saying, we're not to disguise or hide our freedom and our faith in Jesus today. That's to be out there for others to see and to know. Yes, your faith is personal, but it's not to be private. We've really heard our brothers and sisters today, because they declare and dare to declare that they have faith in Jesus, that some of them will be put to death today. But in our freedom, but you include that sometimes we have complacency in how we do that and the boldness that we feel we have, need to have or should have. That little hymn says, when we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we look full in his wonderful face, everything else fades away. All those other things that we believe are treasures begin to diminish a little bit. And he is elevated in our lives 
and in our thinking. Why? Well, verse 17, Paul tells quite clearly, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and we, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because we have freedom in Christ, that's why we can be bold. That's why we cannot feel our faces. That is why we cannot be shy about who we know. That is why we cannot hold back. Now we believe the Lord is whispering for us to step up and step out into an aspect or area to serve and to minister in His name in this place. No matter how small you believe that might be, it's a piece in a jigsaw that creates the big picture. And it's in this freedom that something shifts within us. And maybe today you're thinking, James, I don't quite get that freedom. I don't quite understand that freedom. I've never quite experienced that freedom. Let's have a conversation about that. Sometimes we, we need to take that first initial step of saying yes to Jesus. That step of saying, Lord, I know what you have done on a cross of Calvary. I know that you have done it for me. I understand that your death is the only thing that brings forgiveness into my life. And in this moment, I need that forgiveness. Will you be my Savior and Lord? And honestly, not the words of a preacher, but the words of the Scriptures. If we've never taken that step of salvation, then freedom will never truly come in our lives. Because it's in that step of salvation that we offer our lives to Him and hold nothing back. Be bold about it. Don't be shy about it. If you want to have a conversation, please do let me know. Sometimes, actually, we, have, we know we've done that, but we feel stuck. We feel as if we've done it, but we don't know what the next step is. We don't know how to unlock the freedom that we know we now have in the Spirit of the living God. Let's have a cup of coffee as well. Because it's that freedom, it's the unlocking of that freedom in our lives that opens up so much more. What was it Jesus says? The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. There's a little verse in 1 John where it says that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But yet I know sometimes I think more of the world and what the world thinks than I do about Jesus and what he thinks. See, it's in these moments that we begin to reflect Jesus. Verse 18 says, And we who with unfeeled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In reflecting Jesus, we become attractive to others. That was what we were encouraged, a part of what we were encouraged to do from last week whenever Gareth was opening up the Word of God. How do we get on with that this week? How do we become attractive to others? Not in the sense of, oh. But in the sense of, why did you do that? Why did you react in that way? Why did you not say X or Y? Why, why did you respond 
Why have you changed? What's going on in you? Because we are changing. As believers, we should be changing because we're being renewed. We're being redeemed. The theological term is sanctification. We're being sanctified for God. We're being made holy, pure, and perfect in and through His name because He's worthy of it. We're becoming more like Jesus. We're knowing Christ better and making Him better known. Will you take another step on that journey? Whatever that looks like for you, however that plays out for you. For we do this together. We can't do it in isolation. We do it together. Different people with different roles to play. Yet serving the one God, unified with one purpose, to be pointers to Jesus in the places that he has called us to be. Let's pray together. Father God, as we take a moment to reflect on your word today, on the call to be competent ministers for you, competent in our following and in our serving for you, confident not in our own strength or confidence, but rather in our weakness, recognizing that our strength comes from you. And so in this moment, as we reflect on it, we take a moment to lay our hearts bare before you and to invite you in for the first time as our Lord and Savior. Take a step towards becoming unstuck in our relationship with you. Or to seek the fuel to continue to race forward in our journey with you. Whatever and wherever we find ourselves today, may the strength that we need and desire be found as we recognize our own weaknesses, finding the confidence in and through the risen, powerful, and beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And to him is able to do immeasurably more. Now we ask, seek, or would even dare to imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen.